Good morning, you beautiful English learners. What is the most expensive thing you ever bought? What is your most coveted item? Coveted. C-O-V-E-T-E-D. What is your most coveted item in your house? Look around you right now. What is the most expensive item that you can see? When I look around my room, where I'm recording this podcast right now, I'm looking at my laptop. I think... Yeah, I'm pretty sure my laptop is the most expensive thing in this room, apart from me, obviously. But generally speaking, in the room I'm in, the laptop is my most expensive item. But it's not my most coveted item. My most coveted item in this room right now is my hard drive, my external hard drive. That is my most valuable item, not monetary. It's not like as if it's worth more money than than everything else. But it has pictures galore. It has like so many pictures that I've organized into different folders. It has a backup of all my little sale English materials over the years. It has so many memories on it that I would actually be upset if I were to lose it or break it. I actually have two external hard drives. I have a cloud and I have my laptop with all the same information on it. I'm a bit uh, a bit of a worrier in case something happens to one of those hard drives or something happens to the laptop or something happens to the cloud, for example. But we're not here just to talk about my possessions. And we're not here just to talk about my expensive possessions, which there's not a huge amount of. But we're actually here to talk about something that cost three point seven million dollars recently tell me does the name wayne gretzky ring a bell for you does the name wayne gretzky mean anything for you at all when i first came to canada i hadn't a notion who wayne gretzky is wayne gretzky is i didn't know who he was he could walk right past me and i wouldn't even know who he is or what he does or anything. Turns out, Wayne Gretzky is a former hockey player and the best. The greatest hockey player of all time is what people say. The GOAT of hockey. G-O-A-T. GOAT. The GOAT is an idiom we use for people who are the very, very best at what they do. So Wayne Gretzky is the GOAT of ice hockey. Messi is the goat of soccer. Maradona was the goat. Pele was the goat of soccer. Is Ronaldo the goat of soccer? Probably not. Are you triggered? I know some Ronaldo fans are. The goat is the greatest of all time. And Wayne Gretzky was, or is, the goat of ice hockey. Now, recently, somebody in their house, would you believe came across a box. And in that box, there was a bunch, an absolute bunch of old hockey cards. Cards, C-A-R-D-S. So they didn't just find one hockey card or two hockey cards. They actually found a case, like a box of old hockey cards. And they opened the box. And in that box, there was a bunch of more boxes. And all those boxes were airtight sealed. They were completely closed. And they were from the year 1979. So these hockey cards were from 1979, unopened, and they were found, would you believe, in a packed storage room 
just in a room. Some man in a place called Regina in Canada came across them recently, and I guess he had bought them back in the day, back in 1979, and just put them away in a packed room, probably forgot about them and recently found them. So this man found the case of 16 sealed boxes of OPG's 1979 hockey card collection, and it added up to about 10,000 hockey cards. Now, what is a hockey card? A hockey card is like, well, you know what a card is, like a deck of cards. You know, you got your ace, you got your spades, you got your clubs, you got your hearts. Well, those are cards. And in sport, they would often put sports stars on cards and people would trade them, people would sell them, people would hold on to them or something. And as time went on, they became incredibly popular. Baseball cards is a common one. Baseball cards will go for an abnormal amount of money. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But this guy found a bunch of hockey cards in his house that he had probably bought back in 1979 and just put away and decided to open it for some reason. And as it turns out, there was 10,000 cards. So how much do you think these cards sold for? That's why I was asking you, what's the most expensive item that you can see right now? At this very moment, look around. Because the man who had these auctioned them off. He auctioned them off to auction something off. An auction is an event where everybody bids money to get something, similar to eBay. An auctioneer is the person who organizes the auction, and they're the one who maintains it and manages the auction, and they're, they're usually the people who can talk incredibly quickly. They're usually the people who are able to rally up a crowd and get people excited. That's what the auctioneer does. So these were auctioned off, and to auction off is the phrasal verb, I guess, to auction, auction off, and that means to sell it to the highest bidder. So whoever wants to pay the most money will get them. No questions asked. And these, this box of cards, which has 10,000 hockey cards in it and could, could include. Now remember that word, could, C-O-U-L-D. That means there's no guarantee because these individual boxes haven't even been opened. So we don't actually know what cards are in these we don't know what players are on these cards but it could have 25 or more highly coveted Wayne Gretzky rookie cards so there's this box in this box there's 10,000 cards and on those 10,000 cards there could be 25 which have Wayne Gretzky on them like this is how crazy this situation is so these cards that could have Wayne Gretzky on them sold recently for $3.7 million. $3.7 million. Are you freaking crazy? It is insane. It is wild. I cannot believe it that a human would spend $3.7 million on a box that might contain 
25 or more highly coveted Wayne Gretzky rookie cards. Now, the rookie part is also important. So in 1979, Gretzky was probably starting his hockey career. He was a rookie. He wasn't a professional just yet. So he would have appeared on a card. But back in 1979, fuck all people probably knew who he was. You know, he wasn't very famous. And so now... Now his career is over, he is a distinguished hockey player, the greatest of all time, now these cards are worth a lot more money. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of these types of cards and how much money people spend on them? So the auctioneer sold the cards for $3.7 to a long-time collector. And the collector has asked to remain anonymous. That is quite popular. That is very popular when someone spends this much money on something. They don't want the public knowing their name. They want to keep it secret. They remain anonymous. And that is the collocation. The longtime collector has asked to remain anonymous. And you know what else is crazy? You know what else is absolutely batshit crazy about this? A company spokesperson said they do not expect the collector... To open the boxes. These boxes will probably never, ever be opened. As the boxes are more rare than the rookie cards. Guys, he paid $3.7 for a bunch of boxes that he's not even going to open. It, it baffles me. It baffles my mind. It confuses me. It boggles my mind. As, as many things do these days, it boggles my mind. And I just can't get over the idea that they spent that much money and they're not even going to do anything with them insane in freaking insane so it got me thinking just a little bit about baseball cards and like what are some of the most expensive baseball cards or expensive trading cards in the world as it turns out there's a whole system there's a whole system for valuing these cards and the first card the first system that we use to value how rare or how expensive a card should be is the player the player so If the player who features on the card is like a Hall of Famer, someone legendary, someone with an outstanding career, someone who was shrouded in controversy or something, they will jack up the price of the card. The next thing is rarity. How rare is the card? Because if it is like a first edition card, if it is an early release, if it is a 1979 rookie card of someone who would go on to be the greatest hockey player of all time, it's going to be more rare than something else. So what would make a card rare? Well, it could be how early the card was printed. It could also be a typo. If there's a typo on the card, those fetch more money. Humans are weird, man. Humans are very weird. We like to buy weird shit. Now, the third thing that we look into to value how much a card is worth is the condition. And, you know, the card must be in mint condition. Great collocation. Mint condition. And if something is in mint condition, there's no creases, there's no stains, there's no water damage, there's no peeling. It is perfect mint condition if you're buying something you want it to be in mint condition i buy a lot of my stuff from the thrift store it's never in mint condition i would say it's near mint condition but it's not mint not mint condition if you buy something brand new it better be mint condition you know you don't want something that someone has used before you because if they have it's not mint condition 
How do you keep something in mint condition? Very, very simple. You need to keep it in a hue, like you need to control the environment where it is. And that means the vapor in the air. That means the temperature. Quite often people will uh, get a box that they put the card into and it air seals. It's like airtight. So no air can get into the box. People are crazy for these cards. And actually, there is two organizations that do this. There's the professional grading services, uh, such as the PSA, which is Professional Sports Authenticator, and the BSG, which is the Beckett BGS, the Beckett Grading Services, and it's their job to assess and assign grades to cards based on their condition, which will affect how much is worth. So you might have a card of Gretzky from 1979, but if there's a tear in the card, it's not worth nearly as much money because it's not mint condition. Another thing they look into is the popularity, the popularity of the card amongst collectors. So if you have the 1979 rookie card of Wayne Gretzky, that's going to be very popular compared to one later on in life where there was probably more and more and more cards of Gretzky printed. So how popular is this card? Market trends obviously plays a big factor. And the last one is authenticity. Authenticity is crucial when determining a card's value because there's so many counterfeits on the market, counterfeit cards. There's so many scammers out there, so many people who try to bullshit you and try to swindle you of money, for instance. So collectors, like the guy who bought this box for $3.7 million dollars, He wanted to make sure that the boxes were authentic. And that means they need to get assurances through professional grading sellers or services are reputable sellers. And if it is authentic, it will fetch a lot of money. And if it's not authentic, it won't fetch a lot of money. But generally speaking, those are the the methods people go through to assess how much a certain card is worth. All right, so get this, folks. At the time, in 1979, the collector paid $150 for the case of cards. That is crazy. So in 1979, some person bought this this case for $150, and then it sold for well over $2 million, or it sold for $230,000 per box. So remember, we're talking about a case. And in that case, there were 16 boxes, and in those 16 boxes were 10,000 cards, and in those 10,000 cards, it could contain more than 20 Wayne Gretzky rookie cards. Now, that is a very, very good investment, a fantastic investment by that man there. Talk about a long-term investment. 1979, you invest $150, and then in 2024, you sell it for $3.5 million. Now, I actually looked it up. The last mint condition Gretzky rookie card was actually sold in 2021. So this is a case of cards. This is not just one individual card. This is an entire case with a whole bunch of cards. And in 2021, a single card was sold in the USA. And that was sold for 3.75 million US dollars a card, one individual card. So this this podcast is about the box of cards that might contain a particular card. 
but one mint condition card by itself sold for more than 5 million Canadian dollars in 2021. This is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So this story popped up the other day. And as I was reading it, my jaw hit the floor. I was just thinking, this is batshit crazy. How much money people spend. And you know, it's a coveted item. That's how I started the podcast. Asking you to look around and identify something expensive. Identify something that you covet. And to covet something, or an item that is coveted, C-O-V-E-T-E-D, something valuable to you, something very valuable, something that everybody wants, is coveted. Now, I said there, it's valuable for you. And it's something that everybody wants. So there's two ways to look at it. I covet this item. I love it. It's very sentimental for me. But for you, it might be worth nothing. For you, you just see something and you're like, whatever, not interested. But this box of cards was coveted by collectors. And that means like in the collector's world, it's worth a lot of money. In their world. Now, in my world of English teaching, I don't really give a hoot about the box. I mean, yeah, I'd love to have it because it's worth $3.7 million, but I'm not going to covet it myself. I would just flip it. I would sell it. It means nothing to me but money. But for other people, it might actually mean a lot, like a huge amount. So this case containing coveted Wayne Gretzky rookie cards sold for $3.7 million. Insane, folks. Absolutely insane. All right, so let's just have a quick think about some idioms with the word card. And the first idiom I can think of is to hold all the cards, to hold all the cards. And that is an idiom that means you have complete control over a situation, you have complete power, nobody can challenge your power, you have the balance of power, you are in charge because you hold all the cards. You have advantages over people, you have leverage over people, and it's similar to playing poker, where if you hold all the cards, you're going to win. You know, you have the strongest cards. So can you think of a time, it's kind of difficult maybe off the top of your head, but if you can, try to think of a time when you held all the cards in a negotiation. You know, when you were in charge, when you would never lose this situation because you had the advantage, you had the leverage over someone else. So that is to hold all the cards, okay? So if you're negotiating with someone and you hold all the cards, you can demand what you want. Imagine you're at work, And all your colleagues quit. And you're the only person who's able to do a particular job. Well, you might hold all the cards. And you you could say to your boss, look, I want a raise. I want a raise because I hold all the cards here. You hold nothing. I I have the skills. I'm the only person with the knowledge of this program. If you want me to stay and work for you, pay me. Pay me double. Pay me triple. Because I hold all the cards. I have the advantage. I have the leverage. Now, another one, another idiom is on the cards. And I often ask my students, what's on the cards for this week? What's on the cards for your weekend? Anything on the cards? And on the cards means that something is likely or probable to happen. So right now it's February in uh, in the world, I guess. I was about to say in BC, it's February everywhere, Ronan. And uh, snow is on the cards for this weekend for us. Yeah, we're due to get a little bit of a snowstorm this weekend. So I would look at the weather. My wife would say, what's going to happen? Oh, it looks like snow is on the cards. Looks like snow is coming. So if something is on the cards, it's likely or probable to happen in the future. Another idiom is to call someone's bluff. To call someone's bluff. What is a bluff and what does it mean to call? Well, this idiom overall means that you're going to challenge a person. 
You know, you're going to accuse a person of telling a lie or not being honest, and you want them to prove their claim. That is what it means to call a person's bluff. To bluff, B-L-U-F-F, is a verb. And it's also a noun, but let's talk about it as a verb. And if you're playing poker, you might want to bluff somebody. And if you bluff somebody, you want to trick them. You know, you want to trick them into putting more money into the pot. You want to trick them into folding their cards so you win. It's very, very common in poker to bluff. So you might have a terrible hand in poker. You might have terrible cards in poker and you're not going to win. But if you can convince everybody else at the table that you have the best hand, that you have the strongest cards, that you're going to win, well, you might bluff them. You know, you might force them to quit. You might scare them into quitting. And that is to bluff. Now, you might try to bluff everybody and you're like, oh, boys, I have the best cards. You're all going to fail. And then I start adding money into the pot so everybody has to to go along with it or else they have to fold and I win. But imagine there was one person who decided, I don't believe you, Ronan. I don't think you have the strongest cards. So therefore, I'm going to call your bluff. Therefore, I'm going to... um, I'm going to go with you to the very end in this hand in this round of poker and we're going to see who has the strongest cards. And if someone calls my bluff and they go all the way to the final round in the poker and we have to show our cards, well that's where it gets interesting because in poker it's a huge thing to see the other person's hand. And if everybody, if everybody folds, nobody sees any hands. But if you go to the very end with someone, you have to show your cards. And so let's imagine you're playing poker against me and I'm saying, oh, look at me, man. I got the best cards in the world. I'm going to put all my money in this. And you're like, fuck it, Ron. I'm going to call your bluff. I'm going toe to toe with you. I'm going to the very end. And the very end, I have to show my cards. And it turns out I was bluffing. It turns out everything I said was a bluff. And it turns out my cards are garbage and your cards are stronger and you win all the money. So I tricked some people at the table. I tricked him, I tricked her at the poker table, but I didn't trick you at the poker table because you called my bluff. And to call a bluff is to say, I don't believe you, I want to see what you're doing. I don't believe you, back it up right now. So that uh, term, to call someone's bluff, it originates from poker, where someone might bluff about the strength of their hand, where someone might lie about the strength of their hand. I don't know if I'd say lie. It's a game of poker. That's how it is. That's how it operates. That's how it works. So to call someone's bluff a beautiful idiom, not with card, but definitely connected to cards. And the last idiom that we're going to look up right now is to play the cards you're dealt with. That's a great one. And it's a very realistic one. Play the cards you're dealt with. So, in life, you're given many different cards. Some of them are good, some of them are negative. Some of them are fantastic, some of them are horrible. Some of them can lead to disaster, some of them can lead to prosperity. But the cards are what you have and what you can do. And we often say in English, like, you know, you just need to play the cards you're dealt with. That means stop trying to play someone else's game, just do what you got to do. Play the cards you're dealt with. So, like, this idiom would mean that you need to accept the realities of a situation and make the most of it. 
rather than regretting something, rather than lamenting what could have been, rather than wishing for something different. It's about being resourceful, adaptable, making decisions based on the available options, rather than focusing on the options that are not there. You know, we use this phrase when we want somebody to be resilient, when we want somebody to be more realistic and to just work with what they have rather than thinking about what they don't have. So in life, you need to play with the cards you're dealt. All right, play the cards you're dealt with. Dealt, D-E-A-L-T. And to deal is the verb, dealt will be the past one. He dealt the cards out. So in my life, I've been dealt many different cards, positive and negative ones. The negative ones will be health impacts. I have a few health issues. They're the negative cards. Can I change it? No. Can I think about life without an illness? I can think about it. Is it going to happen? Fuck no, it's not. It's never going to happen. And that's just the reality of life. So therefore, like a real example, I need to play the cards I'm dealt with. I need to understand that I can't play rugby anymore. I need to understand I can't do physical contact sports anymore because of my injuries and my illnesses. So my name is Ronan and I need to play the cards I've been dealt with. Yeah, I can sit here and think about the good old days when I played rugby, did boxing, did jujitsu and love fighting and everything like that. But what's the point? What is the point of reminiscing about those, about lamenting about those times? There is no point because it's not going to help me in my life. So I need to play the cards I'm dealt with. I've accepted I can't play rugby. I've accepted I can't box. I've accepted I can't do jujitsu. I've accepted I can't do this. But you know what I can do? I can hike and I can fucking swim. I can make podcasts. I can sketch. I can do this. I can do that. So I'm always, always, always trying to think of the positives and I'm trying to play the cards I've been dealt with rather than thinking about the cards I don't have. So some beautiful idioms there. Okay, folks, it is time to wrap this bad boy up. So I came on here originally and I asked you the question to look around for something expensive, to look around for something that you covet. Have you changed your answer for those? Because I'm looking around my room right now and honestly, I'm not going to change my answer. My most expensive item I can see is my laptop. My most coveted item is my external hard drive because it has many memories on it. I then spoke about how there's a case of hockey cards and a case is like a big box and in the big box there's smaller boxes and in those smaller boxes are a bunch of cards. And on those cards there could be, there could be 25 or more Wayne Gretzky rookie cards. Who's Wayne Gretzky? The GOAT of hockey. The absolute greatest of all time at hockey. And this is a rookie card, which means it was at the start of his career when nobody knew who he was. Therefore, it's worth more money today compared to back in the day. Back in 1979, the original purchaser paid $150 for this case of cards and in 2025, 24, excuse me, they sold the cards for $3.7 million. Huge, huge investment. I spoke about the whole idea about base are about cards in general and why they're worth so much. Number one player, two rarity, three condition. And we spoke a little bit about mint condition. Mint 
condition. Something must be in mint condition. Something must be amazing in order for it to uh, be worth a lot. You know, if there's damage on it, if there's water damage, if it's peeling, if there's a scrape, if there's a cut on it or something, it's not mint. It's not going to be worth nearly as much. We're talking about popularity and authenticity. Authenticity as well. Is it authentic or is it counterfeit? Is it a fake? Is it a duplicate? Is it authentic? And if it is authentic, it's worth a lot. If it's not authentic, it's probably not even worth the paper it is printed on. I then spoke about some idioms and we have to hold all the cards. We have on the cards and we have to call someone's bluff. And the last one was to play the cards you are dealt with. Some beautiful idioms there. So, folks, my name is Ronan. This is a random English podcast. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. Go out there and grab life by the horns. Have a good day, everybody. Bye for now.